Before I jump into this week's episode, I have a disclaimer. It may just be the perfectionist in me, but regardless, it'll make me feel a lot better if I give you all a heads up. Things may seem a bit off this week. You might notice my voice sounding scratchy or raw in some places, maybe a few sniffles here and there, and I'm pretty sure I've managed to keep any sneezing out of the studio, but I can't promise anything. This weekend and these recording sessions have been a blur. Honestly, I'm still not convinced I didn't just dream this whole episode, and I'm fully prepared to cry like a baby if I wake up tomorrow and find that nothing's been released on Earth to Brit. Because, dream or not, the effort feels so real, and I'd be devastated to find out that it only existed in my feverish haze. Influenza A has touched down at my home base, and there's not much more difficult than trying to rest while taking care of a three-year-old who, apparently, morphs into one part Hulk and one part sad, helpless puppy when he's sick. I still have no idea how I pulled it off, and maybe I am jinxing myself because, again, I'm not convinced it actually happened. Anyway, here's episode seven. It's a scary twist that could happen all too easily, which is why I want to remind you, you're never truly safe. You don't need to live your life in fear, but you do need to know that you never really know someone, and only you can keep yourself safe. And sometimes that's still not enough, but you have to remember this and you have to be aware, always. Enjoy! This is a Yellow Wave production. meet model. Happens every day, right? But at the end of most days on the job, everyone goes home and continues with the ebbs and flows of what it is to be a human living life. Sometimes we aren't so lucky. Sometimes we never make it home. And most times we never see the end coming. Linda Sobeck, age 27, was a former Los Angeles Raiders cheerleader, a Raiderette who had turned to a career in modeling. She had some modest success posing in magazines like Grapevine and a couple of nude photo shoots. Why is this important? I'm not sure. I'm just trying to be as accurate as possible. And if that means I have to take a break to point out the pointlessness of certain details, so be it. Friends and family remembered Linda as almost always being cheerful and the type of person who, if she hadn't talked to you in a few days, would drop a card in the mail just because. That's according to a close friend. Linda was a woman of contrasts. Aren't we all? Personally, I myself am a walking, talking contradiction. 
Her family testified that she was a born-again Christian who often posed in skimpy bikinis for calendars and also enjoyed the suggestive dancing of professional cheerleading and dance teams. How did I just get through that sentence? I don't know. A couple of things. What does that even mean? Suggestive dancing. Like she was suggesting that she was having a good time? Was she suggesting that being attractive and moving your body equals asking or implying that you want something more provocative just by doing so? If she were unattractive, would anyone say the same thing? I'm curious, but also not because it's more annoying to me than anything else. And I just cannot open that argument right now. Eyes on the prize. Am I right? She was looking to leave the world of modeling for serious acting, but was scheduled to audition for a part on the lowbrow sitcom Married with Children. Again, what the fuck, people? How do, how do you think these serious roles happen? Out of nowhere? No. You have to start somewhere. Deep breaths. This bullshit is grating on my already frayed nerves. Charles Rathburn was a nationally recognized photographer who specialized in automotive subjects like the pictures found in magazines like Car and Driver or Motor Trend. Like Linda, it's hard to put a label on Charles. He was a successful photographer who once stood trial and was acquitted for rape in Ohio. Despite his achievements in his career, he was an enigma to his neighbors and often struck out with women. Real quick, um, I'm slowly raising my hand over here. Britt, hi. I want to know what's hard about that. How is it hard to put a label on him? Because he was successful and then everything else doesn't matter? Because I'm pretty sure I can put a label on him real quick. Fucking creeper. A creep. Anyone else? Anyone else? I I just, I'm a little speechless. How is it hard to put a label on him? It's, it's really easy. I don't like labels, but it's pretty simple to me. I mean, foreshadowing much? Stay tuned. You're going to find out. But I feel like you don't even need to listen to the rest of this. You, we can all see where this is going. If you want the details and more inside information, yeah, keep listening. Otherwise, go ahead, figure out what you're doing for your day. Go do, take a run. Go to the store. I don't know what you have planned, but if you're just here for the what happened I don't need details, just basics. You can stop listening now because to me, it's not hard to put a label on him as, at all. I think we all know where this is headed. The characters have been introduced. The basics have been covered. I've even given you a disclaimer explaining why things might seem a little bit off this week. With all that done, are we ready to finally jump and dive right into this week's case? Awesome. Thought so. Let's do it. November 16th, 1995, it appeared that Linda's luck would have her about to work with the photographer, Charles Rathburn, who was 38, who happened to be on assignment for Auto Week. He contacted Sobek from a payphone and asked her if she would pose for an upcoming issue. Just so happens that a month earlier, Sobek had given him her business card and phone number at a car show in Las Vegas and told him to keep her in mind for modeling jobs. According to a November 2nd, 1996 article in the Detroit News, the pair worked together a few times over the next month. 
Sobek left her Hermosa Beach home and drove to a remote mountain region outside of Los Angeles. First red flag. A remote mountain region? Just, that's a hard no. Take notes. That's a hard no. The session was to have boosted the careers of both Rathburn and Sobek, but something this time went terribly, terribly wrong. When Linda failed to return home from the session, her friends and relatives were obviously worried and wondering what the heck was going on, so they called the local police. On November 24th, Rathburn voluntarily turns himself in and informs police that he had accidentally killed Sobek with a sport utility truck while demonstrating for her how to drive the vehicle during the session in the mountains. Then he says that he kind of panics, so he hides Sobek's body. Later on that day, he leads investigators to a location in Angel in Angeles National Forest. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? Angeles? So Los Angeles, but without the loss. So Angeles, whatever. That doesn't matter. Uh, so he leads them to Angeles National Forest. Nailed it. Where he had buried the blonde model's body. So then there's an autopsy. 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 <laughs> no, there wasn't one of those because that doesn't exist. I don't even know what that is. There was an autopsy. And the chief coroner spokesman told reporters that Sobek's injuries were inconsistent with Rathburn's claim. So then Rathburn was charged with murder and placed on suicide watch after slitting his wrists. For the better part of a week, police had no leads in Sobek's case until Rathburn, in a drunken state, called a friend and confessed that he, in quotes, had something to do with her disappearance. Over the phone, he stated that he had a gun and was planning to kill himself. Here's where it gets interesting. The friend, a female reserve deputy with the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department, pretty much shrugged off his claim as far as having something to do with her death or disappearance, I should say, because we don't know at this point, but statistically death. So she kind of shrugs that off, but she still does rush over to his house to stop him from harming himself, as any good friend would do. It took her quite a bit of time to get him to leave his house while she and another friend stood in the driveway. And when he did finally leave the house, he accidentally fired his weapon. The shot ricocheted off the asphalt and injured the deputy. Talk about wrong place, wrong time, just trying to do the right thing. I mean, ooh, yikes. So the whole fact that they have him on suicide watch is totally, it makes sense. He's already, the whole reason they even knew about this with, with his first confession was because his deputy friend came over because he was going to kill himself. And then now he slits his wrists. Not ideal at all. So in December of 1995, it was determined that Linda Sobek had been legally drunk and was engaging in sexual intercourse at the time of her death. It's amazing how science, take a drink, uh, can determine these things. It's absolutely fascinating. The to toxicological examination revealed that Sobek had a 0.13% blood alcohol reading at the time of autopsy. California's legal blood alcohol level for driving was 0.08% at that time. So yeah, not legal to drive anyways. The coroner's office released a statement saying Sobek had died of asphyxiation as a result of neck and shoulder compression. A less clinical explanation was that she had been strangled to death. Couldn't breathe. That's asphyxiation. 
So then during the court trial, which was in the fall of 1996, the prosecution presented evidence that she had been raped at the time of her death and that her strangulation was intentional. The defense claimed Sobek was accidentally asphyxiated after she enticed Rathburn into having sex while drunk on tequila. I'm not sure how one leads to the other without anything in between, but I'm sure they tried to describe that or explain it away. I'm not sure. They displayed purported sexually oriented photographs of Sobek taken inside the SUV as evidence that sex between Sobek and Rathburn was consensual. But jurors didn't find them credible and wondered if the photos were faked. Not to mention, photos of people having sex does not mean that it's consensual. Just saying. I don't feel like I need to, I feel like I should not have to explain that. However, from what I'm reading, it needs to be explained. Prosecution then comes back with forensic evidence that Sobek had been anally raped with a handgun at some point prior to the sexual strangling. Not ideal. At all. And also kind of like, nice try defense, but here, we're going to come at you with this because that just shuts the whole deal down. In the end, Rathburn was found guilty of first-degree murder and rape and sentenced to a life in prison without possibility of parole. This case was actually later sensationalized in a book called Fatal Photographs and a movie, The Story of Ken and Barbie. Both examined fatal flaws in both personalities and presented various views of the events leading up to and including the November 1995 rendezvous between victim and killer. Going to have to look into those more because it seems like, I feel like that's insinuating that her personality, there was something there that made this more interesting than some just a model being killed by somebody. I don't know. Did I just make sense or not? In my head, I did. But that's not always portrayed when I speak. Uh, let me know if I made sense or not. But that is interesting. I will probably have to look into that. Real quick, I'm going to take a short break. I will be back in no time. This Friday, February 7th, is Send a Car to a Friend Day. So I thought this would be a really neat way of acknowledging this day and doing it in memory of Linda Sobeck. Because if you remember, she would randomly send cards to her friends if she hadn't talked to them in a few days, just because. Not to mention, if you have friends, which I hope we all do, you've probably received a card from a friend randomly. And I can tell you from experience, I had that happen to me and it came out of nowhere. I was not expecting it. And if I remember, I was having a pretty bad day on top of all of that. So I got that card in the mail, and to this day, right here, right now, every time I think about it, I smile and remember how it made me feel. I felt so surprised and loved, and it was so random. And I think that randomness is what makes it even better. So ever since that happened, I've started sending cards to my friends for no reason other than to, hopefully, make them feel just as loved and seen as I did when my friend sent me a card for no reason at all. Send a card to a friend day is your chance to tell someone you care about exactly what they mean to you and why. It's not about a phone call or an email. It's a day to send an actual card in the actual mail. It's amazing how exciting it can be to get mail the old-fashioned way. Trust me, you will want to do this for whoever you thought of while listening to this message. One thing I know for sure, you won't regret it. 
Again, that's Friday, February 7th, but every day is a great day to let someone know that you care. Now that we've had a quick break, we're going to jump right back in. When Sobek disappeared, the case quickly caught the attention of the media as a very welcome alternative to the O.J. Simpson story. It had everything the media needed. The mysterious disappearance of a beautiful woman with lots of suggested photographs and videotape. The missing person case was nightly television talk and even appeared on Lisa and A Current Affair. I'm not familiar with those two, but I'm assuming it's just whatever was popular night television at the time. The case really did have all the elements, a beautiful model who used to be a Raiderette. University of Southern California journalism professor Joe Saltzman told USA Today, those elements would have made this a story in the 1920s. We're interested in beautiful models. I don't disagree. I think that he's right. It's kind of like one of those classical situations where it doesn't matter the time frame or the era. Something like this always catches people's attention, which is kind of a problem with true crime and unsolved murders and any crime against people, if you think about it. Because if you're, you're blonde and blue-eyed blue and attractive, it go, people eat that up. But we could even be talking about kids. And if you're not that or you're something less than that, like a minority, not less than that. Do not that what I meant was minority. Uh, that just it kind of makes me sick because that doesn't there are so many cases as I'm learning more and more about true crime that I've never even heard of to this day simply because the the person who was abducted or murdered or what have you they're not newsworthy in the sense that they're not what people want to necessarily see like a beautiful model or a mother who mostly white people if we're just going to be honest if you're white and you're a mother or a model or anything like that you're you're just like higher status and it's it's really crazy but it's also still prevalent I digress getting I got off track it happens I've been doing pretty good you have to admit this whole episode so that's that's okay we're gonna just roll with it so he's right. It could happen at any point. We're interested in beautiful models, beautiful people, whatever. So calls start coming in from across the world. Sheriff's spokesman, Deputy Gabe Ramirez, said that I couldn't even begin to tell you the number of calls. Okay, that's not very specific, but okay, we'll take it. It's better than nothing. Um, so yeah, this is when we go back into the situation where the suicide attempt with the shot, with the um, gun, and he ended up shooting his female friend, the deputy reserve deputy. So for the better part of a week, they had no leads until Rathburn calls his friend and says he has something to do with it and that he's going to kill himself. And she writes off the first part, but then comes over because she doesn't want him to hurt himself. And then he, she ends up getting shot, blah, blah, blah. So then police arrive, obviously. And Rathburn repeated his confession and was then taken in for questioning. Police almost blew the case when they failed to advise him of his rights before he was interrogated and confessed. His, nevertheless, what happens is his drunken rambling confession, during which, by the way, he vomits on himself, gross, <laughs> so gross, was eventually tossed out by a judge. Could pretty much see that coming. So Rathburn agrees to take police to the gravesite, and Sobek's body was recovered. It was at that time that a number of coincidences brought him to the attention of law enforcement agencies across the country. 
that right there gives me goosebumps because coincidences? Mm -mm, I don't think so. I don't think so. On the surface, it appeared that Rathburn might be a serial killer. Wow. First of all, Sobek's murder was very scarily similar to another case that police had not been able to solve. Model Kimberly Pendelios was found murdered in a Southern California National Park in 1992. Within days, the L.A. sheriff announced that Rathburn was a suspect in that case as well. Both young women were last seen heading to a modeling assignment involving cars, the media reported. So basically, both were on assignment for a modeling gig that involved vehicles, which was his M.O., his job. In addition to the Linda Sobeck murder, we are looking at possibilities of the involvement of the suspect Charles Rathburn in some other possible unresolved cases, including the Kimberly Pandelios case. This was a quote by Sheriff Sherman Block. He also says, We have people who've come forward and have indicated that there was acquaintanceship between Rathburn and Kimberly Pandelios. So he announces that at a news conference, which basically, in normal language, <laughs> they were friends-ish, like they had seen each other, they had been around each other, they had probably worked together at some point before her murder, just like with Linda. Black also says that we are now including the Pandelios case as a formal part of this investigation. He says that witnesses tell investigators that Rathburn and Pandelios met at a Denny's restaurant Another weird part is Sobek's missing car. Where do you guys think it was found? Just guess. That's right. It was found at a Denny's restaurant lot just off the San Diego 405 freeway in Torrance. Black continues with announcing that a number of women have come forward to claim that Rathburn, in quotes, made overtures to them for sexual favors, sometimes on photo shoots. When they refused his advances, Rathburn became pretty pushy. Apparently, he didn't like to take no for an answer. Rathburn quickly became a person of interest in the murder of Stephanie Hummer, an Ohio State University student near Rathburn's father's house in Columbus, Ohio. Rathburn was once a student at OSU. The Ohio State freshman disappeared March 6, 1994. Her body was found the next day. It was a blow to her head that killed her, according to police. So if this isn't just like a dumping ground of things being acclaimed to be credited to him, he also became a suspect in the 1993 murder of 19-year-old Rose Larner, a Lansing, Michigan wannabe model. Rathburn lived in the Lansing area at the time of Larner's disappearance. Not looking good for you, bro. She was last seen in a Delphi Township neighborhood near where Rathburn had a mailing address. Damn, that is that is incriminating, I have to say. Wow. So while the media repeated these speculative discussions by police, authorities tried, at least publicly, to downplay the daily revelations. Columbus Police Lieutenant Dan Wood said that investigators had no evidence that Rathburn committed any crimes in Columbus. I think some of these links are pure speculation by the national media, Wood would tell the Columbus Dispatch. He says, I wouldn't even call them weak. I haven't seen any proof yet. So back in Los Angeles, Rathburn sticks to a feeble explanation that Linda died by accident. He was photographing, photographing, <laughs> photographing. <laughs> wow. I mean, that's a fun way to say it. He was photographing. 
that's what he was doing with his life. He was photographing a 1996 Lexus SUV for Motor Week prior to the vehicle's public release and was showing off by doing donuts in a dry lake bed when he clipped Sobek with a mirror. Panicking, he says that he takes her body to a wooded area in Angeles National Forest and buries her using his hands to dig the grave. That sounds so strange in so many ways. And I, for some reason, whatever reason, I'm focusing on using your hands to dig the grave. It's, I don't even see how that's possible. Whatever. The autopsy showed a much more violent death for the model. Yeah, I would have to agree. Like, getting clipped by a mirror is probably not going to do it. Just saying. She had been asphyxiated by someone sitting on her back and pushing her throat against something that cut off her air supply. That is painful to read. Anybody else? Oh, my God, that makes me reach for my neck. Like, no, 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 no. That sounds so painful. So just before her death, she had been sexually assaulted with a blunt object. This is reported by the coroner, by the way. Police believed that Rathburn brought the model to the forest with the intent of coaxing or forcing her into sex. Deputy District Attorney Stephen Kay tells the jury at his trial, he says that I think he took her out there to see what he could get. I mean, that's pretty self I mean, that sounds like exactly what happened. So then Linda, who barely ever drank, was heavily intoxicated when she died. And Rathburn admitted that he bet her $60 that she could not chug the remnants of a tequila bottle. Whether or not that happened, I don't see someone who doesn't normally drink chugging tequila. Like, if you're not a drinker, that's not going to be something you're going to chug. I'm just saying. Not even at all. And if you tried it, you wouldn't last long because you're not, that's just not feasible. Kay said the five foot three model was bound at the ankles by Rathburn and then sodomized, possibly with Rathburn's .45 caliber handgun. Linda struggled so forcefully that her ankles were rubbed almost raw, Kay says, displaying graphic photos from her autopsy. Mind you, this is at his trial, so the jury is seeing this. So then, taking the stand in his own defense, Rathburn altered his story slightly to fit the new facts. Convenient. No shit. And that's why you don't take the stand, dumbass. Oh, I know. I feel like whether, regardless of guilt or innocence, it would be hard if you're trying to defend yourself to not take the stand. But it, in history, it's just not ever worked out well. And it's not hard for somebody who's obviously killing people like this to come up with a new story to fit the facts. That's super, that's like, they could do that in their sleep. Look what they're doing to people. Be easy to make shit up on the fly, I would imagine. Could be wrong, just my opinion. Um, he says that he struggled with Linda in the backseat of the Lexus. The argument, he testified, followed a driving stunt in the Angeles National Forest that went awry. Okay. He said he did not run into her, but came close enough for her to jump back and fall, and then cutting her head in doing so. After she had fallen and cut her head, he helped her back to the car. There, he said, she angrily threatened him because of the near accident and began kicking at the interior of the vehicle. I grabbed her at her foot, Rathburn testifies, trying to prevent her from further damaging the car. It became a real struggle, he said. He said that he positioned his 6'3", 210-pound frame on Sobek's back. 
I was pinning her down to the seat, he says. At one point, she was struggling for about 30 seconds or so, and then she got very calm. I kept holding her down, figuring she was playing possum. Mm, I'm picturing the scene in Orange is the New Black. Uh, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen it, but... Which, by the way, I bawled after that. I bawled. Couldn't, I couldn't even handle it. That just broke my heart. But moving along, yeah, I'm picturing that, like holding somebody down on their back and just, oh, God, it makes me cringe. And the pain, I'm not, I don't want someone touching me on my back, let alone holding me down on my spine. That just is so, makes me want to scream. That had to have hurt so bad. So then he says that he gets off of her and speaks to her, but she doesn't respond. He checked her and could not tell if she was breathing. So then he put her on the dry lake bed and tried to revive her. When she didn't wake up, he said he made a vain attempt to get her back into the car. And when that failed, that's when he said he tried to help balance her by taking her ankles together using an ace bandage. How? Okay, let me just think about this. So when a person is standing, and even if they're barely holding their own weight, that is more ideal and more a, like easily to balance than there it is when your ankles are taped together. That's difficult to balance. What, who does this guy think he is? And you can't be, no, mm -mm, that does not, if I were a jury member, that probably right there, a lot of other things, don't get me wrong, but that right there, I'd be like, and you're officially a dumbass. Nice try, but not even a nice try, because that's so stupid. That is not even logical. Okay, I can do this. I can, I can just wrap this up right now. So eventually, Rathburn was convicted of Sobek's murder and sentenced to life in prison. And those coincidences, this is kind of crazy because it's like, I don't, I believe in coincidences in a way, but these sounded like so messed up, like there's no way it was anyone else. However, this is where you just have to be impartial. You have to look at the facts and you have to have more evidence of shit because what I just said before, I was all about like, yep, he did it. He did this. He did that. Well, in 1997, John Ortiz Kehoe was convicted of murdering and dismembering Rose Larner. Again, without more evidence or reasoning on that, that doesn't necessarily mean he did it, just saying. In March of 2006, David Raidmaker, 42, of Burbank was sentenced to life in prison without parole for a Pandalius's slang. Raidmaker, using the pseudonym Paul, lured... <laughs> I don't know why is that so weird. He lured her. He lured her. He probably loved her too. No, he lured. I still can't say what is going on. He coaxed her into the Angeles National Forest for a photo shoot, then killed her when she resisted his sexual advances. I wish you guys could see my hand motions right now trying to get myself through this shit storm. Okay, so this next one. This is the one that I'm like, uh-huh, there's proof everywhere because DNA, you cannot lie. It does not lie. So on January 18th, 2006, Columbus, Ohio, remember that Stephanie Hummer where they, they thought it was, I mean, not thought, but well, a lot of people thought it was him, but the whole Denny's thing and it just way too freaky to be a coincidence. Well, you never know because... The Columbus, Ohio police homicide detectives announced that a DNA match had led them to arrest Jonathan J. Gravely in Stephanie Hummer's 1994 death. He also confessed to the crime. Sometimes a coincidence is just a coincidence. What can you do?
If you're interested in learning more, there's a book about the case titled Fatal Photographs and a movie called The Story of Ken and Barbie. This case is actually also featured in Season 6 of Forensic Files in Episode 11. As always, there's so much more information available, but a girl can only do so much in a week. There's nothing quite like wrapping up an episode, finishing all the recording and feeling pretty good about it, and then finding out you've been saying the name wrong the whole time. I'm getting ready for pictures and stuff to do for tomorrow, and I see Wrath Bun on one of them, and I'm like, what? That's so weird. They spelled that wrong. And then I'm like, oh my God, or did they? Just basically knowing what I'm in store for. Or what's in store for me? Am I even here? What is happening? I thought I broke my fever. I might not have. Um, <laughs> so much fun. It's such a joy. So yeah, it's Wrath Bun, not Wrath Burn. My bad. There's not much more difficult than trying to rest. Oh my God. Speaking of, hello, can I help you? Hi. I know I'm Augie. I know you're Augie. What's up? You're... I'm... Thank you, honey. Come on, wrap it up. I got shit to do. Seriously? Oh, shit. Every day I wake up in a different town, different street. Warm hearts willing to discover me. Colorful, laying up black and white. Tell me when will it be all right? The long breath of history. Town tips of blood, visions in my car seat. You make me forget my troubled city. Swallow myself Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Even a thumbs up emoji or a quick I love it does wonders for the show. iTunes rules the podcast world, it's no secret. But the show is available wherever you go to get your next podcast fix. Want to reach me? Send an email to earthtobrit.podcast at gmail.com. As always, the Brit is with two T's. That is pretty key in getting to the correct person. My handles on Instagram and Facebook are Earth to Brit Podcast. On Twitter, you can find me at Earth to Brit Pod. I hope you enjoyed, and as always, we'll be back at it next week with a new case. Bye! This is a Yellow Wave production.